This morning, I will be speaking on how to proclaim his lordship. Amen. How to proclaim his lordship. How do we proclaim the lordship of Jesus? What Sister Tina just did this morning is an excellent way of doing it. And the worship time we have had is another excellent way of doing it. Let's put that together as we look at the scriptures. Let's start from Philippians chapter 2, where we stopped last week. Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, the scripture has this to say concerning Jesus Christ. And I start the reading from verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those underneath the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Amen. And the scripture has this to say further to us. In Psalm 110, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 110, verses 1 and 2. Hallelujah. The scripture says this. Yes. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion rule in the midst of your enemies. Hallelujah. Amen. Brothers and sisters, without controversy, without any controversy about this, 
Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. No controversy. Brothers and sisters, no controversy about it at all. Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. And as ambassadors of his on earth, this is part of the gospel we are to proclaim. It is Lord. We've talked about proclaiming the greatness of the love of God through him by which we have received salvation. But the other aspect of it is that he is Lord. It's not debatable. No one can argue it. He is Lord. Amen. After his death and his resurrection and his ascension to the right hand of majesty on high, God gave him a name that is above all names. Whether in heaven, on earth, or underneath the earth, or hell. He has a name that is superior to all. And that resonates with the worship we've just had. There is power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why is Jesus Lord? Maybe that's the first question we should answer before we go into how. Let's look at why he is Lord. We told us last week that to be Lord is to be owner, is to be the owner of all things. Number two is to be the ruler over all things. Number three is to have supremacy above all other authorities that one can imagine. No wonder it declared in Matthew 28, verse 18, after his resurrection, all authority in heaven and on earth, has been given to me. Hallelujah. That was a declaration of his lordship. And And actually, it is on the basis of that, he sent out the people. On the same basis, is sending us us out on account of his lordship. Hallelujah. Amen. Brothers and sisters, any gospel that has the lordship of Jesus is no gospel at all. 
And that's why it will be contested. But why is it Lord? Number one, by right of creation, it is Lord. Hallelujah. By right of creation, it is Lord. Because we are talking about ownership, isn't it? The creator is the owner, is the legitimate owner. Even if there had been a usurper, one making a false claim, the true owner is the law by right of creation. Turn with me to Colossians, the book of Colossians chapter one. In Colossians chapter one, This is what the scripture says about that. Yes, uh, Colossians chapter one, I said. Yes, Colossians chapter one. And I read, it is the image starting from verse 15, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Hallelujah. Amen. By right of creation is Lord. John 1, 3 says, through him all things were created and there was nothing created without him. Hallelujah. Right of creation. And in his lordship, that is what he wants to assert. I am owner of all things. Amen. And over all things. Because all things were made by him and for him. Amen. May God give us understanding of that in Jesus' name. Amen. Number two point, why is Lord? is by the reason of his conquests. Amen. His conquests. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Romans 14, verse 9. In Romans 14, verse 9, the scripture has this to tell us. Romans 14, verse 9. The scripture 
has this to say. In fact, we can start from verse uh, 8. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Look at verse 9. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Maybe that also still relates to ownership. But there's a sense of conquest there. Why did he die? He died, and we see, and we have already said that last week, he died, he rose again, so that in his resurrection, he might be Lord over the living and the dead. Because in his death, he has achieved so much. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's start from even before he went to the cross. In uh, John chapter 14, verse 30, I guess, that's about the verse. I, I think I'm correct. He said, the rulers of this world, they come to me, but he has, he, he, sorry, the ruler of this world comes to me, but he has nothing in me. Nothing. Nothing. Amen. Couldn't find a fault in him. Couldn't find anything in him. Do you know the first conquest? The first conquest there is conquest over sin. No human being since the fall of Adam could live above sin. The, but the Bible tells us that in everything, he himself was tempted just as we are. And that's why he's able to provide help for those of us who are being tempted. Hallelujah. So he conquered sin. And on the cross of Calvary, from the scripture that was just shared this morning by Sister Tina, Colossians 2.15, the Bible told us how he disarmed principalities and powers, and he made a public show of them, triumphing over them in his death on the cross. Hallelujah. Amen. So he conquered death there and then, isn't it? Then he went ahead <laughs> to conquer not just death, but he who had the power of death. You remember we, we've shared that in Hebrews chapter 2 from, from, from verses 14 to 18. And he defeated the power of the grave. In his resurrection, he actually shamed the power of the grave. Amen. Oh, you didn't get that. Can somebody then read for me 1 Corinthians 15 so that I can engage us from verses 56, verses 55, 56. And 57. Because there we can see his victory over death. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Who wants to read that for me quickly? Because if you are not reading, then I'll have to read. 55, 56, 57. Quickly. Oh. Are we there? Okay. If we are oh, not death, there... where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Gives us the victory. Hallelujah. Our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
He himself has defeated death, has defeated the power of the grave because he defeated sin. Hallelujah. Even death, even the grave could not hold him in. Death could not hold him captive. Hallelujah. Amen. By virtue of his conquests, he is Lord. He is ruler over all. Who could challenge him? May God help us to understand this in Jesus' name. I'm building something quickly this morning, but I want you to follow. So that made him Lord. And then what else Make him Lord? Makes him Lord by virtue of his current exalted position. By virtue of his current exalted position and name. Hallelujah. He seated where no devil could rival him, where no principalities and power could rival him. That's why he has the supremacy. He has, he has the supremacy. Hallelujah. He has the final say. And that's why I said, when Sister Tina was speaking, she was talking about overruling. We can only overrule when we understand this lordship. That no other authority can rival him. He's exalted over them all in his resurrection. He has a name that's above the name of any angel, not to talk about fallen angel. Are you following me? Amen. Turn with me then. If that is still something you, you want to understand further, to look at Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1. In Ephesians chapter 1, I think that will suit what I was trying to say. In Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible was talking about the power of his resurrection uh, and then went to verse 9. And what is the exceeding, sorry, verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, look at verse 20, which he walked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Hallelujah. And he put all things under his feet and, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who feels all in all. Can you see his lordship being declared there over everything else? Everything else is under his feet. What man lost, he came and he achieved. What the first Adam lost, the last Adam, Christ Jesus achieved it. So he's Lord. Amen. What the first man failed to do, the second man came and accomplished. And is Lord over all. All other things are put in subjection to him. May God 
help us to understand this in Jesus' name. Amen. The beauty of it, we will look at another day, which is that in, in, in his resurrection, the Bible says, when we are saved, we are actually made to sit together with him in the heavenly places. But we'll talk about that another day. With these two, let's go on to say, how then, can I share one more with you? I like that scripture, so I want to share that with you. First Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy chapter 6, I think it should be verses 14 and 15. If you are there, read it for me. Uh, first Timothy, let me be sure I'm right. Yes. Talking about our Lord Jesus Christ in verse 14, uh, and then verse 15, it goes on to say, which he manifested in his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate, only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Amen. Who alone has immortality dwelling in unapproachable light whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. 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 He's the only potentate, the only potentate. The supreme ruler over all things. That's who he is. No controversy. But let's go on. How do we then proclaim that? Because that's where we are going to round up before we start to break bread. How do we proclaim this? How do we declare this? Because this is what we are going to declare. As much as we declare his love for the salvation of people, which we said we must carry with a heart of genuine love for people. But his lordship cannot be separated from that. The first thing, the first thing in declaring his lordship is personal. Personal confession and submission to his lordship. It has to, first of all, be personal. If you want to proclaim his lordship, the first step is to accept that he is lord over your own life. Declare it with your own mouth. Are you following me? And submit to his lordship, to his ownership of you. No claim over yourself anymore. That's what it means. No claim. The ruler over your life, the master over your life. It is his will, not your will anymore. It is his ways, not your ways anymore. It's his decision, not your decisions anymore. Can you see where we have taken Christianity to? Where every man wants to express his own himself, the way they want to. No. It's because we have ignored his lordship. It's what he says that is final. Are you following this? And it has to be said, clearly. In fact, if you look at the, at the preaching of the apostles, they always bring his lordship in. Someone to read for me, Acts I think verse, Acts chapter 2, verses 35 and 36. Acts chapter 2, verses 35 and 36. When Peter was ministering, talking about the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 
Then he confronted the people with his lordship. And that was when they bowed. That's when they asked and said, what must we do? What is it that you want us to do? We will talk about preaching the gospel of the kingdom another day. But today we are looking at how do we proclaim his lordship? Very important. Someone to read that for me if you have found it. Otherwise, and he yes? will make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this of this God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Can you see? God has made this Jesus who was crucified, both Lord and Christ, or Messiah. Amen. Both Lord and Christ. No controversy. But everyone must accept that for themselves. Verse 37 of that place said the people were caught to heart and they asked, what must we do? Hallelujah. They have to accept that truth. They have to believe in that truth and they have to submit to that truth. It's both Lord and Christ. It's both Lord and Messiah. Hallelujah. It's not just a savior. It's Lord as well. Brothers, this is a truth that we have to proclaim again and again. And everyone must accept that for themselves. Do you understand? Confessing it is one thing. Submitting to it is another. But that's the first step in proclaiming his lordship. In order not to waste time, let's move to the, to the, second, to the second point. Confidence in his name. Confidence in his name. And that was what we're declaring this morning. In his name. The power in his name. If you must declare his lordship, you must have confidence in his name. The name that is above all names. The name that can overrule any other. In his name is his lordship proclaimed. Hallelujah. In his name. And that's why he said... And, and we'll go there. So in his name, in his name, when you say in his name, actually you are declaring his lordship. You said in the name of Jesus, you are simply saying no other name can prevent this. No other power can stand against this declaration. No other thing can stand in between this. In his name. Power in his name. Every believer must have confidence, increasing confidence, increasing faith in the name of Jesus. Are you following me? His name is not an empty name. It's not a powerless name. But if you don't believe it for yourself, it doesn't work. You have to put your confidence in that. You cannot overrule anything if you yourself you don't believe in his lordship. You believe in the supremacy of his name. Name above all names. Hallelujah. Amen. Confidence in names. Faith in names. Because that's how it works for us. He said, those who believe in my name. Let's go there. Mark Chapter 16, the book of Mark, chapter 16. Mark 16. And I want us to begin to use the name the way one of us used it this morning to overrule things, 
we proclaim it because we have confidence in it. It doesn't matter what declaration anyone has made. It doesn't matter what anyone has said. In the name of Jesus, we can overrule. We can rewrite things. Wow. Do you understand what this means? The believers of old, what they did excellently was because they believed in the power that is in the name. How much confidence do you have in the name of Jesus? How much confidence have I developed in the name of Jesus? There can't be power in any other thing. Are you following me? Confidence in his name. That name has been given to us. That's the authority we have. I want us to begin to do exploits. And I'll come there next. Are you following me? I'll come there next. Let's first of all turn with me. Turn with me. Like I said, I said confidence in his name. Did I say that just now? Okay. If I said confidence in his name, go with me to Acts chapter 3. Let's see what that's. I'll come back to Mark. Or Yes, go with me to Acts chapter 3 first. I'll come back to Mark. Don't worry. In, in Acts chapter 3, I think about verses 6 and 7, then you jump to verses 16 and 17. Whoever is there can read for me. I'm already in Mark, but I want us to read that before we come back to what Mark says. Acts chapter 3. In Acts chapter 3, verse 6 has this to say. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. This was a man who had been crippled for a long time. Are you following me? Then someone came and said, we don't have money to give you. But we have something to give you. In in the name of Jesus, something happened. In his name, miracles happen. Things happen. And look at, in case you think uh, uh, that is because they have some magical power. No, they they didn't have any magical power. It was just Confidence in the name. Look at what they said in verse 16. Uh, they were talking about Jesus who had been killed, whom Jesus, whom God raised from the dead, um, and so on. Verse 16 says, and his name, through faith or confidence or belief in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, to repeat it again, the faith which comes through him as giving him, that is this man, this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Can you see that confidence in the name? All of us must develop it. If we must be a people who must be relevant in the plans and purpose of God and do the things God will have us do, we must have confidence in his name. Confidence in what can be achieved in that name. And that is limitless. That is limitless. May God help us to understand this in Jesus' name. Mark, 
now chapter 16. In Mark 16, you know where I'm going quickly, and I'll go there. Uh, verse 17 says, and these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they shall cast out demons. They, they will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpent, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sea, and they will recover. In my name. Those who believe, those who put confidence in my name, this is what they will do. May God help us to be a people with deep confidence in the name of Jesus. Amen. Number three. Conquering and doing exploit in his name. Of course, once you have confidence in him, you can see the exploit that was done all by, I mean, that's why I started the example of the Apostle Peter. Look at the exploit that, that man, those men did in his name. In his name. And because of my time, I'm rushing through. In his name. In his name. We, there's so much victory that God wants us to get in his name. So much exploits that God wants us to do in his name. Hallelujah. Our gospel will be powerless if we are not doing exploit in his name. If we are not conquering, defeating the enemy in his name. In his name, we overthrow principalities and power. And every ruling authority Controlling lives of people, controlling families, controlling community, controlling nation. Can I quickly tell you, everything you see in this world is controlled by some force. Whether that is a force of righteousness or force of evil. Even those who say, I don't believe in anything. The reason they don't even believe in anything is because, because they are controlled by a force. You didn't get the point I'm making. Even the mere saying, I don't believe in anything, I'm just on my own. There's a force behind that. There's, <laughs> there's a power behind that. There's a Lord behind that. Whatever you see happening has someone controlling it. And whoever you surrender the control of your life to will dictate the pace for your life. It may be the God of self. Hallelujah. And the God of self will make you to think you are Lord over your own life, which is a deception. Communities, when you see some behaviors, some trends, just know there's a force control. It's either the force of the power of righteousness or the power of evil. May God help us to understand this in Jesus' name. Amen. And those disciples, they knew, those early ambassadors of Christ, they knew it. So they go into territories and what they did is spiritual warfare. I'm not talking about physical warfare. Our weapons are not guns, are not, are not AK-47 or whatever they want to call it. Our weapons are spiritual in the name of Jesus. Amen. We can overthrow things controlling and dictating the pace 
the situation in the lives of people, overruling them. We overthrow things. Are you getting me? We set the captives free. We deliver those who are under bondage. When we see the captives set free, do you know what we are saying? We are declaring his lordship. We are saying, no, he's the true owner. He created these lives. They are for him. Are you following me? When we see the oppressed released from oppression, the afflicted delivered from their afflictions, we are pronouncing his lordship. I could go on and on in the scriptures. But because of my time, because we still have to break bread. Are you following this truth this morning? And that's why spiritual warfare on our knees is part of the ways we declare his lordship. You take control. Don't let things dominate. Declare and say, Jesus is Lord. He created this, this land. He created these people. He created the environment. Lord, let your lordship be seen. Are you getting the point I'm making? Mm-hmm. You, you, you think that man who had been crippled for how many years will suddenly deny what has happened to him? No, his situation changed. His situation changed because the lordship of Jesus is found there. And wherever you have the lordship of Jesus enthroned, there his kingdom is appearing. There his kingdom is made manifest. Matthew 12, verses 27 and 28 and 29, where Jesus said, if I cast out devils by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God is come upon you. Then he said, how can you release the captives of a strong man, except the first of all, bind the strong man? Brothers and sisters, one of the ways we do it is bind the strong man controlling lives of people. Release the captives from his hand. Hallelujah. For the captives of the mighty shall be delivered in his name. Brothers and sisters, let's exercise our authority in this. Pray for people who are bound with one thing or the other. It may be, it may be the Lord of addiction. Principalities of addiction controlling their lives with drugs and things like that. Break it and set the captives free. Say, no, you will be released from this power that has kept you down, that has tied you down for so long. You will be free. You will think right. You will take the right decisions. Your desires will be right. You will desire the right things. Are you getting me? Every other thing we do physically, medically, they have to support that. That's why we are... Are you getting me? Compassion. You remember with what Jesus moved? The Bible says he moved with compassion. Let's have compassion for people. People are in this state, not because they want to be there, but something controls them. Are you following me? You as a Christian, you have compassion on them. Pray on your knees. Deliver people. And you will see people being freed, being delivered, being liberated. May God give us understanding in Jesus' name. I can go on and on. Every city, even seats of government are controlled by some forces dictating their decision. You know, we can impose the lordship of Jesus there and said whatever decision they are going to take for the hearts of king are in the hands of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. He turns it wherever he wants. Let their heart be turned to bring out decrees and rules that will be to the glory of God. And be a blessing to the people of the land. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. On and on we can go. His lordship. 
I'll give one more as I stop here now so that we can use the next 15 minutes to break bread. I'll just give you one more. In the breaking of bread, we declare his lordship. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that's a good place to stop, isn't it? <laughs> In the breaking of bread. And don't treat the breaking of bread lightly. Miracles happen there. Because you will see what Brother Paul, by revelation, saw in the breaking of bread. Oh, you are not getting this point this morning, are you? Amen. Let's go there as we round up there. First Corinthians chapter 11. First Corinthians chapter 11. And I want to see all of us praying for the sick. You know, ministering to people who are, who are troubled. People who are in difficulties, in challenges. Take control on their behalf. Pray for them. Say, in the name of Jesus. And you will see people free. People liberated. People you thought are difficult. They just become, they become so pleasant, so wonderful, that you yourself, you are wondering what has happened. The power in that name has brought a change. Amen. Stop complaining. Start acting. The name that has been given to you. Our evangelism will not go far until we see things happen. Are you getting me? Do you know that there were a number of people, like the lepers, for instance, who Jesus healed and they never came back to say thank you. I hope you knew. Which means they didn't even believe in him, but he, they received this blessing. And they cannot deny that he's Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I'm praying the Lord will help us. Yes, and as we break bread now, I'll round up here. Um, and I read First uh, Corinthians chapter 11. Um, I'll take it from verse 23. Verse 23 says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus Christ on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Look at where he started from. He said, the Lord, <laughs> from the Lord, from the Lord, the Lord Jesus. He was declaring lordship. But look at what happens next. He says, uh, verse 25. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you do it in remembrance of me. For as often as you do it, sorry, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim, look at that word, you proclaim, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. In breaking of bread, you are proclaiming the lordship of Jesus. Is that that brought victory over sin, over the power of the grave, over death, over principalities and power? That's what we are declaring as we break bread together. We are reminding the devil of something about his defeats. Amen. That's where I'm going to stop. I could go on, but I'm going to stop there. It's a good place to stop this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Brothers and sisters, let's go on. 
proclaiming the Lordship of Christ over our own lives and over our families, over our environment, over our nations. And you will soon see a change. We will soon begin to see transformation Amen. of lands, of cities, Amen. of hearts. This gospel cannot be proclaimed without having confidence in the power that is in his name. Bow down your heads as you just talked to God this morning. Will you be part of the people that will proclaim his lordship? Proclaim his lordship over principalities and power, sickness and diseases, demonic afflictions. Peace for those who are troubled. Comfort for those who are sad. You are declaring the lordship of Jesus in doing those exploits. Will you not surrender yourself to him? I say, Lord, I surrender to your lordship. I confess your lordship. Your ownership of my life, your rulership over my own life. You have the last say. You have the supremacy over my life. And then we go ahead and declare that over others. Every spirit of disobedience to him is a rebellion to his lordship. Are you the one ruling your life or you have surrendered for him to rule, to take control over you? Why not release yourself to the Lord as an instrument for the propagation of his kingdom, for the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom, by you not just accepting him as your savior alone, but as your Lord as well. Dedicate your life again to him. In Jesus' name. We have prayed. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. I believe we are challenged to do something this month, to do something from now. More encouraged, more challenged to use the name of Jesus. Let's go forth. Use that name everywhere you go.